Okay, good morning everyone. We are on the new Mishnah on Chof Amud Beis. <clears throat> the very, very bottom. So today and tomorrow, it's going to be a little shortened. We're going to try to start right away. We may go a minute or two later, just because tomorrow is also even shorter than today because of Rosh Chodesh. Okay, so we are on the bottom of Chof Amud Beis. So the Mishnah is going to introduce us to a new topic of Balkari. A Balkari is a man who has a seminal emission overnight, um, and uh, as a result of that, uh, he's Tomei. And the Pasuk actually reads, um, it says, It'll be when a man who is not Tahor, he'll have a Mikra Laila, he'll have an occurrence and happening overnight. And from the word Mikra, we call it a Balkari. So the term Balkari means he has a, a nocturnal emission, and as a result, he is now has the st- status of someone who is Tomei, and he's not allowed to partake of Kachim or Truma. If he's a Kohen, he can't eat Truma. If he's a Kohen, he can't, can't have Kachim until he does Tefillah and the sun sets. He needs two parts. He needs to do Tefillah, <clears throat> and he has to wait for night. Now, Ezra came along, and it was Misake, and one other thing, Midrabanan, he can't learn Torah either. Midra Banan, Ezra added, on top of the prohibition of consuming kachim or truma, if someone is a balkari, in addition to that, he's not allowed to, part, he's not allowed to learn Torah until he does, goes to mikvah. Doesn't need the requirement of nightfall, but Ezra was, was misakain amongst the many things that he added in Gemara Babakama, Daf Pe'alef discusses, he added many takanos. One of them was that a balkari cannot learn Torah. So the question becomes now, if someone is a Balkari and they, the morning comes and they have to say Kriyashma, so what do they do? Kriyashma has the Allah of, of Torah and we have to say the morning and night. <clears throat> so what does, what's a person supposed to do if he's a Balkari? We know that he, and he doesn't have access to a mikvah. So he starts davening and he remembers, I didn't go to mikvah, I'm a Balkari. What do I do when it comes to Kriyashma? So Gemara says as follows. The Mishnah says, we're on the bottom of Chof Amad Beis. The Mishnah reads as follows. It says, Balkari maharer belibo. A Balkari will, can only think about Kriyashma. When it comes to Kriyashma in the morning, he remembers that he's a Balkari. He cannot articulate or verbalize the words. That's the Gezeira of the Takana of Ezra. So he goes in and he thinks about it. He contemplates it in his heart. Ve'eno mevarech. He does not make the brachos of Kriyashma. Lo lefanel. That includes Yotzer or an Avarab in the morning. And Ma'ariv, let's say he f- totally forgot throughout the whole day and remembered him at, during Ma'ariv that he was a Balkari. So he doesn't make the bracha of Ma'ariv Aravim or Avasolam. These are the brachas before Shema. Velola He doesn't say the bracha of Emes Vyatziv. In the evening, he doesn't say Ashkivenu. He doesn't say Gal Yisrael, so on and so forth. So all he said in his, in his mind, he contemplates Kriyashma, but he does not even c- contemplate the brachos. And when it comes to the, what about benching, when it comes to benching, he does go ahead and make the bracha afterwards, meaning benching, he's maharet, he doesn't actually articulate it. He's not allowed to articulate anything because he is a balkari who did not yet go to mikvah. He does not say hamotzi. Okay, so again, presumably the reason right now he says shema and he benches because both of them are in the status of a Doraisa, Torah, they're biblically mandated, as opposed to <clears throat> the brachos of Kriyashma and the brach of Amotzi, which is before we eat bread, those two brachas he does not make. Comes along 
Rabbi Yehuda, and it says, Mevarech lefneim ulachreim. Rabbi Yehuda, it's a little cryptic. What is he actually arguing on? So Rabbi Yonah, most people assume he's arguing on two separate things. One is you can't divide Kriya Shema and Shema. If you're going to contemplate and think about Shema, Kriya Shema are part and part, uh, the berachos of Kriya Shema are part and parcel. Not only is he saying you don't separate them, meaning when it comes to verbal, um, thinking them, contemplating them, but he says you could actually make the bracha. You actually can't articulate. So he's making a, arguing on the Tanakhama in two areas. The Tanakhama says you should think about Kriya Shema when you're about Kari, but not the brachos. He's saying, no, you include the brachos. Whenever you include Kriya Shema, you include the brachos. And not just that, and benching as well, but you actually can articulate them. Now we'll have to see, Ezra said you cannot articulate them, so we'll have to see how he's going to deal with that. So that is the Gemara. So the Mishnah, that was the Mishnah, sorry. So the Gemara starts off and says as follows, Amar Ravina, a very, very important topic that we're going to discuss at length. Zosomeres, Hirhor Kedibor Dami. That thinking is equivalent or tantamount to speaking or reciting in Halacha. If we are obligated to recite, articulate, and verbalize something, you're allowed to think in its place. And if you just think it in your heart without actually saying it, you're Yotze. How does he know? How does Ravina learn this Halacha from the Mishnah? Because it says, because if you think lav kidi because if you think that there's no inherent value to uh, contemplating something and it's not considered as if you articulate it, lama mahara, what is he actually accomplishing by contemplating and thinking about kriyashma? If it's not equipped, we know we have to say We have to say kriyashma. We have an obligation to say kriyashma. So he says, if you're a balkari, at least think it. If thinking is not equal to Dibor, then what are you actually gaining? Why even think about it? So Ravina says it must be that hero is Kedibor Dami, right? That thinking about it is equivalent to saying it. Otherwise, what benefit, what halachic benefit does one get when they go ahead and they think about Shema? It must be that thinking is equal to saying, and therefore... But if it's equal, then why don't you just say it? Beautiful. That's, that's the next. That's the, Gemara. that's the Gemara's next question. Beautiful, Jeff. Okay, so if someone can't actually speak, they're an anos. That that we're not talking about. That would simplify the whole question. hundred percent. But that is the case of anos. In other words, if someone it's literally has a has a you know a laryngeal cancer and they have their voice box removed and they can't speak, that he can only go ahead and and think it. <clears throat> But Jeff's question is a good one. It's so good that the Gemara asks it. So the Gemara says, Elamai. He looked ahead. He, he did not look ahead. He did not look ahead. I, I, I believe he did not look ahead. Jeff, I, I'm in your corner. So now. Did he ask it wrong? He said, why don't we just say it? We do just say it. He should have asked, why don't we just think it? No, no, no. No, we're talking about a Balkari. Someone who actually is a Balkari who had a nocturnal mission. The Mishnah says that he cannot say it. He should just think it. So the Gemara is saying now, we're trying to find out what is the halachic relationship between thinking and speaking. So if the Gemara says it must be that if you're allowed to go ahead and just think it, you don't have to say it, it must be that thinking equals saying. So just question is, if thinking actually equals saying, then if you're actually saying it, why not just say it? Right? If thinking is equivalent to, sorry, if thinking is equivalent to articulating, then actually go ahead and articulate. That was Jeff's question. <clears throat> so the Gemara says... But wouldn't the other question fall not about Kerry? Just why not daven? Why not just think it and not have to say it? In, in general? 
No, so that, we have to say, Vishinat. We're going to actually get to that in Halacha. We'll get to that in a couple minutes, as, a, as the Halacha Lemaisa. But hold off on that question for a minute. So the Gemara says, Elamai. <clears throat> so what are you going to tell me? That Hero is Kedibor Dami. So you're going to tell me that Hero, as Ravina just said, that Hero is thinking, is the equivalent of speaking. And therefore, Yotzi Biswasa, so therefore, according to what you're saying, let him actually just go ahead and articulate it. This was Jeff's question, the very next words. So the Gemara says, here's the problem. The problem is as follows. The Gemara says, indeed, that Hiror is Kedibor Dami, as far as the obligation of Kriyashma goes. But there's a distinction between speaking and thinking when it comes to a Balkari. And the proof is that Ezra patterned this halacha after Harsinai. What happened at Harsinai? Men were obligated to separate from their spouses three days prior, right? They were not because, so they were not approach Harsinai in a state of Tumah. And the Gemara there says, and basically just like there they were allowed to contemplate because they heard the Dvar Hashem. They heard the Saras Debros. And it's impossible that they wouldn't be thinking about it they weren't allowed to say it. But obviously, if Hashem is telling you something, you're going to think about what you're hearing. So there, <clears throat> the fact that they were allowed to listen and contemplate but not speak, that was the precedent on which Ezra uh, established his takana. But in general, Hero is Kedibor Dami, but not by Takanas Ezra. So basically, Ezra allowed... When Ezra said you can't learn, he meant you only can't recite. But you can contemplate, just like at Harsinai, they were allowed to think it, but they were not allowed to say it. So in general, hearer is Kedibor, according to Ravina, that thinking is the equivalent of speaking. It just here, so just question, why not say it? That's exactly what Takanas Ezra was, and Kriyashma's learning Torah. And his, his Takana was specifically for speaking, not for thinking. The Gemara says a different possibility. Rav Chista Amar, Rav Chista says no. Hiwar love Kedibor Dami. Hiwar is not Kedibor. They're not equivalent because, <clears throat> and therefore, by the way, you do not fulfill your obligation of Kriya Shema with thinking. What's the obvious question then? Then why does the Mishnah say to? To think it. If you're not accomplishing anything, if, if Hiwar love Kedibor Dami, as Rav Chista says, what does one actually accomplish? Sakadaitach. Because this was Jeff's question. Because if you think that you're actually accomplishing something, Yotzi Bisfasav, you should actually just articulate it. Well, there's something different between accomplishing something or actually being, you know, don't say the mitzvah. Good. So let that's the next line also a little bit. <laughs> now I'm starting to doubt. No, I'm kidding. So no. So, so, <clears throat> so as follows. Gemara says, Elamai. So, because if you're going to say, Dika Sakadaitach, Shehiro Kedibor Dami says, Rav Chista, that if you're going to tell me that Hebrew is actually like Dibor, let him actually articulate it. Sigmar says, no. Elamai, love Kedibor Dami. Hero contemplating is not like articulating. If that's the case, Loma Maharer, so what is he actually accomplishing? Why tell him to, if you're not accomplishing anything, if, if thinking is not like reciting, and you're not Yotze Kriya Shema with thinking about it, Lama Mahara, why even do that? What are you accomplishing even by thinking? So Amr Belazar, no. The, the reason is, It looks really, really bad. The optics are really bad. If you, everyone in shul is being and you're sitting there completely silent. 
A, it's going to give off that you're a Balkari, which is probably not something you want to give off. But more importantly than that, Gemara doesn't say that. That's in my own interjection. But more importantly, if everyone else is saying Kriyashman, be Makabel, saying out loud, Baruch Shema, and you're sitting there silent, it's going to look really bad. So Gemara says, okay, so don't say Shema, though. Just go ahead and start saying Matovu. Say Adon Olam. If you just go ahead and start moving your lips, no one's actually listening to you. They're concentrating on what they're saying. So say something else. Who says you have to say Shema? Gemara says, It's better to go ahead and, and we always try that you should be involved in what the Tzibor is involved in. Meaning, if they're saying Shema, you used to say Shema, but not because you're actually Yotze you're not Yotze with thinking about it. When you're a Balkari and you have to think about Kriya Shema, the reason you're, say, you're thinking about it is not because you're Yotze the Mitzvah. You just don't want to say, you don't want to be Parish Minatzibar. You don't want to separate yourself from the rest of the Olam. If everyone is saying Kriya Shema, you should go ahead and join them. Gemara says, Isn't it the same halacha? Let's say you're not up to Shema yet. You're supposed to say the Pasuk. At least cover your eyes and. Good. Depends on what part you're diving on, but generally, yes. So the Gemara says, I have a question on that. If you're going to tell me that you should always do what the Tzibor is doing, the Gemara continues, let's say when it comes to Shemon Asrei, they're all davening, yet we learned in the Mishnah, hey, when this happens, right? You're in middle of Shemon Asrei, and all of a sudden you remember that you're a Balkari, right? You're davening, you're in middle of Shemon Asrei, and all of a sudden it dawns on you, I'm a Balkari, so really I'm not supposed to be davening, I'm not supposed to be wearing tefillah, I'm not supposed to be davening. So lo yavsik, lo yavsik, you should not stop in the middle of Shema. So you don't just stop in the middle and walk away. Ela yikatzer, you should shorten each bracha. Now what that means is a little bit it's unclear, but shorten your Shemona Esrei. Don't go through the whole length. The Gemara says, Tama, the reason why you shorten your Shemona Esrei only and don't stop is because the Askil, because you already started and you don't make a bracha levatala. The implication is, but had you not started Shimon Esrei, lo you shouldn't start. But the rest of the crowd is davening Shimon Esrei. So we just said by Shema, if the rest of the crowd is davening Shema, you shouldn't sit idle with your mouth shut. You should go ahead and participate. But now we're, the, the, a different price gives the implication that when it comes to Shimon Esrei, you don't join the crowd. You don't stand up and just start chuckling. And if, why? Because it says that if you're in middle Shimon Esrei and you remember then just shorten your bracha. But that implication is, if you already started Shemona Esrei, and you shorten your bracha. But if you didn't start Shemona Esrei, not that you don't shorten it, you don't start. So the Gemara says, what's the difference? So the obvious answer is shiny tefillah. The Gemara says, tefillah is very different. We don't accept, it looks really bad. Again, the optics are bad from above. If everyone is being makabel, the all of Shemayim with Shema, and you're sitting silently. But Shemona Esrei, there's not an actual concept of Kabbalah, therefore you don't have to participate. Mark gives another question. One second, I don't understand. We said here that someone should think about berchas amazon after when you're a balkari, you're still mahara. You should still at least contemplate benching. That's not kabbal somalchas shemaim. So why are you? You tell me tefillah. Don't join in the crowd because it's not kabbal somalchas shemaim. But by benching, is not, there's no, you're not mentioning that you're accepting the yoke of heaven. Why there does a Balkari have to contemplate that? Utanan, we just learned in our Mishnah, you bench afterwards, but you don't say the Hamotzi, meaning in your mind. Why there are you thinking about it? Why are you obligated to think about Berchus Amazon? If, the, if you're part of a whole Friday night dinner and you have 50 people there, 
and 49 are benching, you shouldn't sit silent. You should bench, in your, at least in your mind, with them. What? That's not Kabbalah Machshwami, yet you follow the herd. Gemara says, yeah, there's a very, very obvious difference. And since they're Minat Torah, the obligation is greater. And therefore, between thinking about it, at least at the very least, think about it if, and don't skip it altogether. Tefillah is only mitrabanan. Therefore, if you find yourself to be balkari, you are not obligated to even think about it. Okay, that's the Gemara. Halacha lemaisa. What do we say? Actually, this is very, very important. It happens probably a lot more than we think. What is the halacha as far as whether here or it's kedib or dami? Do we believe that contemplating or thinking about something is really tantamount? To, to speaking. So there's a very, very, very well-known machlokas between the Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch of Yosef Karo, and the Vilna Gon. If someone is Maharer B'divrei Torah, do they have to make Berchas Torah? So let's just say you're coming to the 8 o'clock minion Sunday morning, and you want to listen, you have a 20-minute car ride, and you want to listen to a shear in the car. You're not speaking at all. You're listening to a shear. What better way to spend 20 minutes? You turn on, and you listen to the Dafyomi or whatever it is, and you're actually not articulating, you're just thinking about it, right? You're sitting back, or even if you're in your mind, you're just thinking about Torah. Does one have to make berachas Torah before? And we know that before one engages and learns in Torah, one has to go ahead and say the berachas Torah. What if one is just thinking? So the Shulchan Aruch famously says, He says, one does not have to make a bracha. Does not have to make a bracha if you just berachas Torah, if you are just thinking about it. The Vilna Gon vehemently disagrees and says, I don't understand. What is our obligation when it comes to learning? Right? The first parak in Shoftim, I think it's Aleph, Pasuk Ches, he says, um, What does Vigisa mean? Contemplate. Our obligation is actually to think about Torah all day long. So what is, and Torah is Berchasa Mitzvah. What is the Mitzvah? The Mitzvah is to Vigisa, to learn to contemplate, to think. And he says that means in your heart. So of course, if our obligation is to go in and think about learning, then you have to make the bracha before engaging even in thinking. That's a very well-known machlokas between the mechaber and the Vilna Gon. So again, Shulchan Aruch says you do not make a bracha if you're just thinking about. Um, if you just you wake up in the morning and you think about uh, learning before you actually say the brachos, you don't have to make the brachos. The Vilna Gon argues and says, of course you have to. What's really perplexing is the halacha right before that in Sim Memzayin, but Sim Akatan Gimel, the Mechaber says, if you write hakosev b'divrei Torah, if you're going to start writing, taking notes, even though you're not articulating or verbalizing, tzarech levarach, you have to make a bracha, berchus Torah. Why? So the Ta says this is a big contradiction. I understand that neither one is actually verbalizing. The Mechaber said that if you, Rabbi Yosef Kara said that if you're thinking about, you're just contemplating Divrei Torah, you don't have to make Berachas Torah. But if you write down Divrei Torah, you have to make a bracha. So the Taz, the Turezov says this is a, this is a stira, this is a big contradiction. Don't tell me that writing is like verbalizing. I'll give you a proof. Because it comes in the world of testimony of Eidos in Halacha. We have a very, very well-known Halacha. It says, Mipiem Vilomipik Savam. You cannot mail in your testimony. You can't write up your testimony, sign on the bottom via DocuSign, submit it remotely to a, a, a Bezdin and say, this is my testimony. You ha- when you come, if you're an aide, me PM from their mouths, 
you cannot write in a male in your testimony. Says the Taz, if I'm not, we learned by Helchus Edus that writing is not equivalent to saying. So don't tell me here that when the Shulchan Aruch says you have to make a bracha when you write, but not when you think, because writing is equivalent to, to speaking. We see from Hilchas Eidos in Halacha that writing and, and verbalizing are not one and the same. Rabbi Jeff doesn't like it. Yeah, All right. How do you write without thinking? Mm. Oh, so that's enough. Oh, so, okay. You're, you're basically asking the same question. Well, sadly, people. You're right. Something intelligent. Right. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. But yes. So the Rav Kiva Eger has one in one of his uh, simonim. It's actually written by his uh, uncle, Rav Wolf Eger. This, this, uh, this, um, this simon, and he says he was asked the following question. He was asked, "What if somebody doesn't articulate the day of the Omer? Just writes it down in his notepad. Today's day number twelve. Does that count as counting? No pun intended." And the next day, can he go back to counting with a bracha, day 13? He never said, today is day 12. Simply wrote it down on a piece of paper. Today is day 12. He didn't say anything. He wrote it down. The but next day... he said day, the bracha, you're saying. He said the bracha. No, you don't have to say the bracha. Let's, let's just forget about the bracha a second. The question is, you can only continue to count the bracha if right. you never miss a day. So day 13, forget about whether you said a bracha on day 12. That's not the point here. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. He, he actually... He, did, did he, did he That's the question. Did he count... By writing down today's day 12. Fascinating question. So your question, Jeff, really is on day 13, can he resume with a bracha? Yes. Yes? But writing is like hero, so basically if you hold hero, can Oh, excellent. So he, okay, one second. So the Chavos, he, he actually brings the Chavos Yair, and it says as follows. He said that if someone writes, in place of articulating, if someone writes a shvua, that I will not go ahead and drink coffee for two years. But he doesn't actually say the words of Shavua. You usually have to articulate a bitoy. You have to have an expression. But you write it down. Is that Shavua Chal? He says it is. Based on the Mechaber that Jack just mentioned, that if you write down, you have to make a bracha. Right? If you can write down Torah. He says if you write down Torah, you have to make a bracha. And it counts as, as speaking. In other words, he wanted to prove the fact that the Mechaber says that you make a bracha when you write the very Torah. You'd have to make a bracha Torah. Let me just finish the thought then that shows that any time you write, it's as if you speak. Therefore, if you write down a shvua, it's chal. Therefore, if you write the sphira, it should also work to, to allow you to continue to resume with the bracha. So, um, <coughs> Rav Kiva Eger's uncle, Rav Wolf Eger, says, I don't like this idea. I, I don't like, it's not a proof at all that writing down is like saying it based on the mechaber. You know why? He says, the reason why the mechaber says you have to write, you have to make a bracha. He says, what is the point of learning? When we learn, what is the point of learning? Vishinantam levanecha vilimadatam esbnechem. We learn to teach. Jeff, listen to this. When you think about something, no one can get into your mind. When you write something down, what do you think we're doing now? That's how we learn. That's the Masorah. That's how we transmit Torah. So the fact that you go, the Mechaber says that you can go ahead and have to make bracha when you write, it's not because writing is the equivalent to speaking. Because the, the obligation of learning is to teach others. Does writing accomplish that? Of course. Does thinking in your mind accomplish that? No, you're not sharing it with anyone. Therefore, he says, don't extrapolate to all of Torah that writing is the equivalent to speaking from this halacha of the Shulchan Aruch that someone who writes down different Torah has to make a bracha. 
That's a unique halacha, he says, just by learning. Because the purpose of learning is to teach. And writing accomplishes that. Thinking does not accomplish that. Therefore, he disagrees and says, you can't bring a proof about the case of Sfira, that writing, or by Shvua, that writing is the equivalent to teaching based on this Shulchan Aruch, because the Shulchan Aruch is unique to learning. The purpose of learning is to transmit the Torah to other people. Ksiva accomplishes that, make a bracha. Thinking about it does not accomplish that. So, so, so when you're writing, you're, you're effectively... You're learning what you're teaching. You're, you're, you're positioning yourself to teach. Of course, someone's going to hand that over. And, and when I write this, I give it to Laser every day. So even if he wasn't in a shear, my writing would accomplish that. Because right. he goes home and hopefully reads it. And when, which you, hopefully you don't have to tell me if you do. No, I know you do. I know you do. It's exactly the point. In other words, the whole point of this is that it, the, the fact that we go ahead and write something down, and he says you make a bracha, don't extrapolate that everywhere in Torah by, by Sfira, by, by the Shavua, that writing is the equivalent. Where you need recitation, you need recitation. Writing is not recitation. Ah, it is by Torah. That's unique to Torah because that accomplishes the purpose of to teach. Right. But but correct. Okay. Okay. But it, the ex, the externality aspect of it allows you. That's what allows you to as a teaching mechanism. So that's the machlokas. He says one basic yes, and the other one says not. Let me just finish and then I'll take questions. So the question is, by the way, we just assume that the, shuch, the, the Vilna Gon said that Berchas Torah is a Berchas mitzvah. He said, and since the whole mitzvah is Vegisabo, you're thinking about it, and that's the mitzvah, then you should make a bracha. Question is, is it so obvious that it's a Berchas mitzvah? One last point. Of Asher Weiss actually says, by the way, you could honestly think that making a bracha on the Berchas Torah could be a Shavach Vodo, we're having thanks to Hashem. Maybe it's a Berchas and it's a pleasure bit. So just like taking an apple, this gives us life. Maybe the bracha should be Berchas Anen. And Rav Asher Weiss in his Minchas Asher says, there are three brachas. That's a Berchas HaMitzvah. We're commanded, that's a Berchas HaMitzvah. He says, Asher Bachar Banu Mikola Amim, giving Shavach to Hashem. You chose us, that's a Berchas Shavach. And he says, how sweet it is, that's a Berchas Anen. That's all, you have all three brachos there in the three brachos, says Rav Asher Weiss. And he brings the Dego Machan Ephraim, says something beautiful in the name of the Baal Shem Tov. What, we said this Gemara many times. The Gemara in, in uh, Nadar and Peyal says, Alma of the Aretz. Why was Eretz Yisrael destroyed? Shalom Baruch Torah They didn't make the bracha beforehand. We've given many pshatim beforehand. But the Dego Machan Ephraim, the name of the Baal Shem Tov, says, because they didn't make the bracha of Ha'arevna. The berchas anenin we always make before we go ahead and we learn. It wasn't so sweet in their eyes. They made, it doesn't say they didn't make the brachas. They didn't make the bracha before. They made the brachas Torah. They didn't make the bracha before. What's the bracha we always make before? Berchas anenin. Vihaarevna, here is that sweetness. They didn't appreciate the sweetness of the Torah. And since the, that was lost on them, that's why the, 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 the Eretz Torah was destroyed. We'll pick up tomorrow. Good to be back. Oh, yeah.